Hi, and welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I'm the host, Scott David Chase. Um, uh, at the end of this podcast, or at the end of this segment of this podcast, uh, you're going to hear me and Emily Sheff discussing the third Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, but the, before that, I'm actually going to discuss two new films, uh, two 2012, 2020, excuse me, films, which is first time I've talked about a new film in months because, um, you know, because of COVID-19, pan, global pandemic, uh, movie theaters are closed right now. So they're both things I watched on home video. One I rented through Redbox and one I um, watched on Amazon Prime, I believe it was. Uh, they were both supposed to be released theatrically and uh one of them i think even did have a small box office release uh oh no i'm sorry it was just video on demand so the two films i'm going to talk about are capone and palm springs and then at the end of this um you'll hear my conversation with emily chef about the prisoner of azkaban so um capone stars tom hardy as al Al Capone, um, and you know, I, I I knew it didn't have great reviews, anyways. But I really like Tom Hardy; it's one of my favorite working actors right now. And um, also stars uh, uh, Linda Cardellini, uh, Matt Dillon, and uh, Kyle MacLachlan in smaller roles. Um, it's set during the last year of Al Capone's life after he's been released from prison because of um, medical reasons, because of his uh, 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 dementia and syphilis, his mind is deteriorating. And man, um, this is, this movie was a mess. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm a huge Tom Car Tom Hardy fan. That's the whole reason I wanted to watch this movie to begin with. And, uh, he is just overacting is almost indecipherable through most of the movie. Um, the makeup they put him in is not great. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird cause he's supposed to be aged, but, um, Al Capone was actually younger, uh, when he died than, than uh, Tom Hardy is now. Let me just make sure that that's actually true. Um, I'm fairly certain that's true because I, I know uh, uh, because of his health issues, Al Capone, um, you know, aged much more than, uh, uh, you know, premature. All right, so Tom Hardy's 42 right now. And let's see. Da, 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 da. I know this is compelling audio. Listening to me look something up. I should have had this prepared, but I didn't think about this part, so I apologize. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy looks terrible. Um, uh, I'm sorry. So Al Capone was 48, so he was six years older than Tom Hardy is now. Um, uh, but he looks much, much older than that. Um, it's very, I don't know... Um, figurative a lot of this film uh because of his mental health deterioration it's tough to tell what is supposed to be actually factual and what is 
um, what is his mind unraveling. The the biggest problem with this is, um, you know, the protagonist, as it were, um, you know, Al, Al Capone, or as he's referred to in the film, Fonz, because uh, calling him Al was was forbidden at his estate in the last years of his life, but it's just a completely unsympathetic, unrelatable character. Um, you know, he's, he's abusive to his wife and everyone around him. He's, uh, he's losing his, his, uh, faculties. He's, uh, you know, there's one scene where he literally shits the bed. Um, he pees his pants all the time. It's just, uh, but you know, it's not, comical it's tragic but also i'd never at one point cared about the character um you know it's not even interesting enough to be an anti-hero it's just watching an old man who had done a lot of terrible terrible stuff in his early life deteriorating before us and it's uh it's hard slash uh, unbearable to watch um Linda Cardellini, uh, now, um, at this point in her career, gets a lot of roles just playing people's wives, unsympathetic characters' wives, and she does a fine job, but it's, you know, it's it's a th- thumbnail of a character, it's not a true character, and uh, Kyle McLaughlin, you know, ha- has a small role as his doctor, and Matt Dillon plays a character which we realize, um, or it's implied that he's actually a ghost that's haunting Al Capone. And just, this movie's a mess. Uh, really, really, I don't recommend it to anyone. Um, it might be the worst 2020 film I've seen so far, which, you know, ha- having said that, I haven't seen too, too many movies because of the pandemic. Um, I would have to go back and count, but I, I'm pretty sure I've seen less than 20 films that have been released this year so far, but it is probably the worst one that I've seen. So I would give Capone... I would give it a four out of ten. Um, the other film that I saw was Palm Springs, which was uh, Amazon Prime original. Is that correct? Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was Hulu. Um, apparently was released uh, briefly in theaters right before the pandemic started, but... Um, <coughs> excuse me. This was a movie that I actually had zero expectations for. Um, it's a, you know, it's billed as a romantic comedy, but it's more just like a existential, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, essentially, it's similar to Groundhog Day in that the two lead characters keep repeating the same day over and over again or trying to figure out how to get the out of this loop, there is one other character who is also in this same loop. Um, but stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. And there is a fantastic character for J.K. Simmons. And uh, Peter Gallagher is also in it, a much smaller role. But it's basically um, two people who are stuck at um, the Palm Springs Resort for, for a destination wedding. And they keep reliving the day of the wedding over and over again. And it it kind of spins the whole um, Groundhog Day premise on its its side. On its side because 
uh, right at the very beginning of the film, we realize like the characters are already in this loop. Uh, and you know, Andy Samberg's character has been in it for quite some time. We find out. And then, uh, you know, Kristen Milioti, which is, uh, she's, you know, sort of our stand in for the audience is, is clued in, in the first third of the film as to what this all entails. Um, which <clears throat> it was, it was kind of refreshing to see a film where the, the, the protagonist, even though you would think it's Andy Samberg, but it's, it's, it's really, uh, Kristen Milioti. Um, you know, it's refreshing to see that it's, it's a woman and, um, she's the one who sort of, I mean, they both sort of grow, but it's really, we watch, we experience the events of the film through her eyes, not Andy Samberg's, even though it's sort of positioned the other way at the beginning of the film. Um, this film was incredibly <clears throat> refreshing. It's like very, very good. And I was surprised because while I like Andy Samberg, a lot of his stuff is very lowbrow and, um, you know, I enjoy him on Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, the, uh, sitcom, but I, didn't expect this to be as good as it is. And it's really great. Um, certainly one of the best films I've seen so far this year and definitely wasn't expecting it from a, you know, a bizarro comedy, but highly recommend Palm Springs. If you have Hulu, definitely recommend watching it. Um, I'd give Palm Springs, uh, an eight out of 10. I really, really enjoyed it. It was really, really good. And, um, it'll be interesting to see if it ends up being on my top 10 list for the year. But, um, you know, I was talking to my buddy Bob Scammon yesterday about it, and it'll be interesting watching Hollywood trying to, you know, bounce back from everything that's going on with the pandemic. And because um, so many films that were supposed to come out this year are now being pushed back to next year, and they've already bumped up the Oscar eligibility to the end of February instead. So it'll be interesting to see how many more new films we actually get this year. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed Palm Springs. So uh, after this, listen to uh, my conversation with Emily Sheff about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Thanks for listening. I think we, uh, we're recording now. Okay, um, I, th- I think we talked about like heavier stuff right before we recorded last time. I think too, we probably did, yeah. That's fine. Um, it's funny because I've actually been like chomping at the bit to start watching the next one. Oh, I'm sure. Um, it's funny too because I just finished, have you ever seen the movie True Romance? No. So it's, I don't know that it's something that you would enjoy. The, the reason I, I just rewatched it last night and today. It's Tony Scott directed. It's uh, Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. And, oh. and it's a, it's a, like a crime film that Quentin Tarantino wrote. It's oh. one of only two films that he's credited for the, for the screenplay that he didn't direct. The right. other one being Natural Born Killers. Okay. But, Gary Oldman has a very small but like pivotal role, and he's only in I think three scenes. But um, and it, it just got me thinking about because that the guy disappears in every role that he's in because he plays he plays a, plays a pimp in that movie who has dreadlocks and a dead eye, and he's got a huge scar on his face and a bunch of like gold teeth. I'm having such a hard time picturing that. That's amazing. I'm trying to. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look it up while. We're talking, but it was just like it's funny because the prisoner of Azkaban um, is, um, and I forget what's the character's name. Um, Sirius Black. Sirius Black, which I was like, I was like that. That's a that 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 name's a little bit too on the nose. Uh, <laughs> I was like, really, Sirius Black. Uh, but I don't know that you know how it's spelled. Um, no, no, I do. Just because I have the, I mean, I know because Sirius is a is a proper name. Yeah. 
S-I-R-I-U-S, but it's also, I'm just like, yeah, it's also, you know, and and J.K. Rowling uses names a lot to, you know. Oh, definitely. I mean, they are, I mean, you can tell who's good and who's bad. Although this obviously kind of leaves you, oh my goodness, look at him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he disappears in roles, but, um... But she's clearly... J.K. Rowling clearly wants to lead you with his name. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, for sure, scary. for sure. Yeah, just like... character. We had talked about Snape's name before, where right. it, like, I mean... And she definitely uses, like, the sounds of words to kind right. of play, and also kind of, like, manipulate people right. a little bit, um, which is, you know, I, I... I get it, but it was one of those things that... I feel like I think I knew going into it that he ultimately wasn't going to be the actual villain. In yeah, the I think I spoiled that a little bit for you. The no, I think I knew that before you told me that. Yeah, because I just I love his character. So. Yeah, this it, it was weird because this was the first one that I watched it where I was like, oh, I like this movie. Right, you're into it at this point. Yeah, yeah, which was. Kind of a bummer because uh, it's the first one with Michael Gambon as uh, Dumbledore. Yeah. Which it's just, and it's not terrible. It's just a different characterization. Very much of that. so. And, uh, and definitely different than how, so a lot of like diehard fans, obviously like me, oh. compare movies and books and they really look at casting and like, oh, was it appropriately right. cast? Like, did this character work right. for like sort of our perception of, of how we read the character. And I don't feel that Michael Gambon's portrayal of Dumbledore is at all like the Dumbledore from the books. Right. I felt like Richard Harris did a much better job with that. But at the same time, I wonder if that was and like, like a calculated choice on his part because he was like, look, I, I can't try to be this other actor. Yeah. So I might as well take a different direction might with this well role. Yeah. 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 But I just did not love it. But you, you said that Richard Harris's portrayal is pretty accurate to the book yeah. too, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like when multiple actors play the same character, there's just a need to put their own stamp on right. it. Which I guess I get like not wanting to copy someone else. Right. But at the same time... If the person, if there's source material, right. it's not... Try to follow the source material. Right. That would be sort of my, my take on yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, I mean, the first character that comes to mind that is like a well-known character that two actors have played, it would be Hannibal Lecter. Right. Because um, everyone knows um, Anthony Hopkins' version, which is, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And, th- and and I feel like particularly American audiences were first. You've seen Silence of the Lambs, yes. Yes. I feel like most people's their first real knowledge of Anthony Hopkins as an actor was playing Hannibal Lecter in that movie. Right. It wasn't mine, which yeah. made it an interesting film to watch. Sure. Because I feel like I had seen him in in a, a very like grandfatherly role at one point, which he's done a lot. And I remember watching this then. and being like, I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like well, he's the, not scary to me. There's. Everything that I've seen him in since then, I I just associate a certain amount of underlying menace to mm-hmm. to Anthony Hopkins. Going back to another movie that Gary Oldman was in, because Gary Oldman plays the title character in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right. Yeah, you were talking about that. Anthony Hopkins plays Van Helsing. Right. And, and 
But I was like, I don't trust Van Helsing, which, um, you know. He's going to eat my face. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, and he plays Van Helsing as a very off the rails kind of unhinged thing. Which oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's a fun characterization. It's not very close to the original book. Right. But, but I mean, Bram Stoker's novel, a lot is left, but you know, between the pages as far as like characterization, and that's right. pretty indicative of the time frame that it was written in. So right. it, you know, there's been a lot of different interpretations of Dracula and the characters are in it. But right, um, uh, where the hell was I going with this? Dracula, uh, Hannibal, oh, oh Her- Hannibal Lecter, yeah. yeah. So. Um, there's a certain menace to Anthony Hopkins' portrayal of him, which is interesting, and I, and I think it works perfectly well for the film. It's different than the book, and so Brian Cox had played him before, uh-huh. and he plays him very mundane, right? which is truer to the character because... Um, you know, Hannibal Lecter was a psychiatrist who ended up eating a bunch of his patients because there was no indication um, that he was. Yeah, same yeah. thing with um, I don't know if you ever saw any of the uh, TV show Hannibal. Yeah, I was actually I thought that you were going to talk about Mads Mikkelsen's portrayal, well, which I really like. I really like too, but there's and he is less menacing, but I also do the same thing when I see him and other stuff. Right. I associate, because he was, he played... A, he plays a Bond villain, too. He does, and yeah. he, but he plays Jin Erso's mm-hmm. father in uh, Star in Rogue One, a Star oh, Wars yeah, story. Oh, yeah, 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 and, and he plays a very noble character, but the whole time I'm like, this dude's up to some shit, because right. it's Hannibal Lecter. And he plays the villain so well, that yeah. even when he plays a good character, you're kind of like, yeah. you look like a villain. Right. Like, I... Yeah. think of you as the bad guy yeah. but you I I weirdly in the show that he's in about Hannibal I like I don't know you, you and I haven't you, finished it yet so, no 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 and yeah. I haven't either Um, but you feel like you like him a sure. little bit like you know what he's up to right. it's very clear from the beginning yeah and that like the other people he's working with don't. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not see right, it? but he, I just, there's still sort of a part of me that's like, I I would maybe still kind of, like, fall in the trap of, like, wanting to be friends with you. Sure, like, sure. he's, I don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting with casting choices, because um, David Thewlis is in this movie, too, uh, which I had no idea, and I forget. Who does he play? He's, uh, he's, he's the werewolf. Yeah, he's the Oh, yeah, 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 Lupin. Uh, yeah. yeah, Professor Lupin. Which, as soon as they said his uh, name, yeah, I'm like, right. that dude's a werewolf, because, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, that's like one of the like uh, uh, like a lupine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was just like, it's a little on the nose. Also very on the nose. Yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, but I and he's one of my favorite English character actors. He's very talented. He is. He but he also plays a really good bad guy. So it, yeah. it makes me wonder like what's going to happen with this character. I will say I because I was excited that there were there was a werewolf in it. Uh, I actually was sort of expecting that uh, Sirius Black was going to be one as well no. when they were talking about the people who can, like, change right. and... Um, but he can't... I mean, he can change into a dog. Right. It's just not a It's just not a wolf, wolf. And he yeah. can do it, like, at will. At will, versus. as opposed to being at the whim of the moon. Um, I was a little disappointed with the werewolf CGI, but, you know, it's a kid's movie. Right. How and it was an older... I mean, I feel like it would be done differently today. Sure. I mean, I still... 
the sort of the high watermark for werewolf transformations on screen is uh, John Landis is an American werewolf in London. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like Twilight or New Moon, but yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's like that. I haven't seen that one, but have you ever seen American Werewolf in no, London? I, um, I have heard good things about it's it. It's a though. weird movie because it's a horror film, but yeah. it's also a comedy. Oh, so it's like a very dark comedy? Sort because it, it like there's not it's not a homogenous mix. There'll be okay. like comedic parts and then horrific parts, and they don't and and I know this is blasphemy for some people who are film fans to be like, what? You don't think American Werewolf in London is a great film? I do think it's a great film. I think it's a very flawed film. They also, the soundtrack is almost all songs that are either like like Werewolves of London is on right. there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. very on the nose, yeah, like yeah. Aren't I Clever? But also like Van Morrison's Moondance plays. Right. It's all songs like that. Like, and you're just like I, I didn't have to try too hard with this soundtrack. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, and it's clear that they're doing it on purpose. Right. But I was like, okay, but and that movie was made in I believe 1980 or 1981. But it, so it's all um, practical effects and the, like makeup and yeah, and it's horrific. Okay, but because like the guys like his fingers elongate and everything, and it's all Ooh. done in the editing because yeah. it's different appliances are applied at different right. times, but. It's and it's actually like what it would probably look like if a human a human's physicality physicality became yeah. like a dog because their bodies are very different than ours. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But so like any other, I don't know. Uh, it's funny you've seen Michael Jackson's Thriller, the video yeah. when he turns into a werewolf mm-hmm. at the beginning. The point right before he becomes the werewolf, I was like, oh, that looks amazing. And then they take it a step too far where, like, the hair is just way far out. Yeah. And, then, and I was like, well, now it looks silly. Never mind, yeah. Yeah, it looks like this weird dark lion, not a I wolf. do wonder if it was intentional with the CGI so that it didn't terrify the audience too much. If it I was think like, so. Okay, we're going to make this almost, I wouldn't say comically, but, like, we're going to exaggerate it to the degree yeah. that it doesn't feel as realistic yeah. and therefore is not so scary. Yeah. I mean, I remember being like parts of that movie being like, uh, like it's, it's suspenseful. Sure. Well, the part when, uh, have, were the executioners coming to, um, uh, Hagrid's cottage to oh, execute to come back just Buckbeat. Okay. Um, I was just like, why is this school have an executioner just right. on staff. Yeah, like, and he's spooky looking. Super spooky. Um, like, it would have made sense, and I forget the guy's name. I know you told me last time, too. The guy whose cat got killed last time. The, Argus Filch. Yeah. I was like, it would make sense if they're like, hey, put on your mask. You're going to kill this thing, too. And right. he'd be like, gladly or whatever. Right. But I was like, yeah. who's this random executioner who works at this boarding school? Well, I think he's actually with the Ministry of Magic. Because isn't the, um, isn't the Minister of, like... Of magic yeah, involved. He's with I them think as well. they, they pull him from. He's like with the government, right? Like he's uh, not. I don't think he's related to the school because I think if the school, if Albus Dumbledore had his way, they wouldn't be killing this bird, right? Um, that was a weird thing where like Buckbeak was introduced and immediately like attacked. What's his name? The the Malfoy. Ma- yeah. yeah, I swear I'll get all the names memorized yeah, okay. by, by by the end of it. Um, but like that was so clearly. Him instigating it. Yes. That I was just like, I mean, even not not taking Hagrid's word into account, just there was easily two dozen kids there as right. well. They could have all attested that he didn't practice the safety right. precautions. He was just told. Totally. Um, 
But, so... But I think because Hagrid has a history of bringing dangerous animals into the school. Sure. And, and he's just been given this chance to actually teach a class, and he pulls an animal in that... It's super dangerous. It's super dangerous. And then attacks a kid. three years. Like, like, it's not even like it's, you know, the seven uh, the students who are, like, much older. Right. Um, he's just like, okay, I'm going to have a hippogriff meet, um, you know, thir- what, 13 year olds. Are they 13 at this point? Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's part of it too. And you remember Malfoy says that his father works for the Ministry of Magic. Right. So I think that even if a lot of the students were like, no, no, Malfoy started it, his dad has enough pull with the no, Minister of matter. Magic to be I, like, I want this animal executed. Yeah. Like, this, this thing euthanizes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I didn't see the time travel thing coming because, you know, the three kids, the gang, are yeah. crouched outside Hagrid's cottage seeing this happen. And then, you know, they have the little stones throw from behind them and then they look into the, like, the bramble behind them and right. like, what was that? And, and Hermione kind of is like, I... She's like, I, I, I think saw I saw something. And yeah. she's like, doesn't quite believe it because she thinks she sees herself. Right. Which And she didn't <clears> say <throat> at the time what she thought she saw. So yeah. I thought maybe... It was either Sirius Black hiding there, because at that point we hadn't seen Sirius Black. We didn't know, you know, everyone still thinks he's, like, murdering people. Um, And I think that's sort of what they want you to think. It's like, who could it be in the woods who's... And they had even, when they alluded to it before that um, Hermione had been in more than one class at the same time, I assumed she had had, like, I didn't think it was a time travel thing. I assumed she was, like either using a portal because she was showing up to the classes like late. So Some I was like, sort of magic device. yeah, she's like yeah. switching from one class to the other. Yeah. So she could, and you know, cause she's an overachiever anyways. Right. I was like, yeah, of course she's taking two classes at the same time. Right. Um, well, and I think that's sort of what, at least in the books, cause I'll plug the book again. Cause I mean, I know that we're talking about the movies, but right, right. It, that's a little bit like described in a little bit more detail. Right. Like there's many classes where like suddenly she shows up next to them and they're like, wait, yeah, like, have you been there here this whole time? Right. But they also, because her friends know how much of an overachiever she is, they're not really thinking much of it. Right. They're not, like, and, you know, they're not, th- those two boys can be a little oblivious. Sure. So, like, they're they're just like, oh. Right. You know, where, right. where'd you come from? And she's like, what? No, I've been here. <laughs> so the fact that Ron Weasley's rat turns out to be... Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, Peter Pettigrew, um, which... I forget the actor's name who played him. It's yeah. interesting because I looked him up recently and he lost a ton of weight. Yeah, he's like, in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a character actor, but like he lost a ton of weight. But like, did did Ron have the rat in the previous two films? No, no. Because Stab- I know at the beginning of the movie they talk about him. But Yeah, Scabbers is given to him. I can't remember if Scabbers is like a hand-me-down or not. Like if right. one of his older brothers had him. Like I don't know... I'm sure it's clarified more in the books, like, how long Peter Pettigrew has been, like, entrenched in, like, the Weasley family. Right. Trying to, like, get to the school. But I I think that he's he was given to him by an older brother. So he's... Has he been in hiding as scabbers since Harry's parents were killed? Pretty much, I think. Like, Does, he knew that his, that his former friends... I mean, they were friends at one point. Right. Would, I mean, Sirius Black would have killed him. Sure. Like, he knew. But does he... So, while he was Scabbers the whole time, did he have, like, the consciousness of Peter or Pettigrew? I think so. And I think that he... It's... Mm, 
I think this gets clarified more in the next movies. Like, I, I'm trying right. to remember, like, what happens when. I don't want to spoil anything. Sure. But he, yeah. He's definitely not a good guy. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, I was fully expecting um, Ray Fiennes to show up in this movie. Uh, and yeah, he hasn't. not quite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've, they've, they've talked about him, but, like, just because I'd seen so many, like, clips and scenes from these movies yeah. over the years, and he's such a big, uh, Voldemort is such a big part oh, yeah. of the story that, I'm like, to me, at this point, it's like Where is it? Darth Vader not showing up yeah. until, like, the fourth Star Wars film that's been released. Yeah. Which... Technically, I mean, technically, Darth Vader shows up as Darth Vader at the end of Episode Three, which chronologically right. is the third film, but was really the sixth film. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's the same sort of thing. Although technically, Darth Vader's not actually the ultimate villain in Star right. Wars. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. And Voldemort very much is. But right. yes, he will show up in the next one. And and boy, oh boy. Is it a, like the reveal? Is yeah, a doozy. Yeah, I, I remember being like, like definitely scared, but also like, because I really like Ray Fiennes. Yeah, and I didn't know that he played Voldemort. I don't know. How, I mean, I was fairly young. I think when the fourth movie came out, I just did. I just didn't know. And I, I remember being like, oh my god, that's Ray Fiennes. Like, right. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I also know that. Um, uh, god, I can't think of his name now. Um, It's a uh, Brent. I know Brendan Gleeson mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. in it later. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is, and he, he's great. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a I'm a huge Brendan Gleeson yeah, he, fan. Yeah, but I, he I, is I in a movie with Ray Fiennes called In Bruges. In Bruges is such a good film. Such a, and such a like kind of catches you so off guard. That's another one that I didn't expect to be. It is kind of darkly funny, and it I is. didn't expect it. Yeah, but it's also like. Um, because that was the first movie where I took notice of Colin Farrell as a serious actor. Uh, I, I was agree. like, this dude can act. Yeah, like, I agree. Because um, it's like, like it's heartbreaking at times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, was, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I would rewatch that again. I haven't seen that in a while. That's a great rewatch. It's a, it's a, it really is. And, and, and Brendan Gleeson is one of my favorite character actors. Going back to, he, he, I mean, he was in Braveheart was the first time I had seen him. Yeah. But, Ryan and I just watched one where he plays a, a somewhat, I mean, I, I wouldn't say corrupt cop, but he, like, bends the rules. What movie is that? I can't remember the name of it, but he's, uh, it's in Ireland. Yeah. Right? Because he's Ireland. He's Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's an older one. I think it was before in Bruges. Hmm. But he's, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's quite funny in it. There's a movie that I saw... I forget what it's called. It might just be called Priest, where he plays a priest oh, yeah. who a guy tells him he's going to kill him and then gives him, like, three days. And, like, I don't remember the specifics around it, but he shows up um, basically to, like, accept his punishment. And, you know, it's not a huge spoiler. He does kill him, but it's interesting just about the relationship between him and those uh, that guy. But his son... Domo Gleason is also a phenomenal actor. Oh, okay. Did you see? Did you see the Force Awakens? Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yes. He is General Hux, the redheaded oh. bad guy. That's Brendan Gleason's okay. son. Yeah. Yeah, 
Carrie Fisher's daughter was also in. She is. She's yeah. in all three of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Billy Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, and she was also, did you see Booksmart? I did. She's in that, She's too. In that? She's Gigi, the, like, uh, off the rails. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, my gosh. She was a funny character. I really liked Booksmart. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, um Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. Never mind. Uh, Did you have a favorite, a favorite like moment in this movie? One where you were like, I, I, I really like the thing with like both like the wanted posters and the newspapers where the, oh, the, the pictures the like pictures move, move. Or, or even on the map. Where yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I actually have a Marauder's map. Nice. Yeah. I, the only thing that like, the only thing that stuck out to me as like cringeworthy with this, and I'm sure they would probably do it a little bit different is yeah. when he's on the triple decker bus at, at the beginning. That's this one, right? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to, Stan I, Shunpike is the driver of the bus. Right. Or actually he, no, Ernie's the driver. Stan Shunpike just takes the tickets, but he, yeah. And it, the, 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 the shrunken head talking in the Rastafarian voice. Not was great. Just like, uh, did not age well. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I did like actually that, Harry sort of liberated himself from his aunt and uncle and oh, like stood yeah. up to them and like, like basically turned that woman into like, you know, the, the Veruca salt where she just oh, you know, blows up. Oh, she was and, so pissed. Yeah. 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 And part of, and that was him just being like, well, they're talking, she like was he talking had no shit control. about her. Like yeah. he's just like, I'm so angry. But then when he, when his uncle's like, put her back, you change her back. He's like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, Hey, I wouldn't know how to do that. Right. Like, in my head, I'm panicking. Like yeah. I definitely didn't do that on purpose, but B, she fucking deserved right. it. Like, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, he knows, he knows he's in deep shit because he's like, you're not supposed to do magic outside of school. And right. he's like, they're going to come from, like, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. But, but I also feel like, cause they're like, at this point, they're, basically imprisoning him like you know oh, the weasleys yeah. have to like do a jailbreak no they're downright abusive it's yeah. really bad yeah um but but uh i i don't know i just feel like you know particularly dumbledore like and uh like they dropped him on the on the doorstep yep. when he was young yep. so they have to know what's going on there i'm just like why don't they just like let him uh, live at Hogwarts year round or something like that. There is more clarification about. I'm not sure how much the movies clarify that, but there is like further clarification yeah. later on. First of all, like Dumbledore for sure calls him out. Yeah. Um, but I think at least in the books, there's like they're safe as long as Harry's under their roof. That makes sense. And I think they have a sense of. I mean, I don't think they fully understand it, but they sure. have a sense of like. Bad things happen to, like, her... This is Petunia's sister, who was Harry's mom. Right. And, like, something bad happened. And, like, like you know, Voldemort's not going to come for them if Harry is living with them because Hogwarts slash Dumbledore... That, that's my understanding of sort of how this you. whole thing went down. I could be really misrepresenting it. I got you. But I'm pretty sure that they're, like... Well, 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 we'll keep him here for our own safety, but we're not going to be nice to him. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, and Dumbledore, I think, very much calls them out later and is like, Yeah. You did, you, you were so selfish. Like, yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you never loved him. You never cared for him. Yeah. Well, I kind of like, I look at it in a similar way as I do to Luke Skywalker at the beginning of Star Wars, where he's living with his aunt and uncle who mm-hmm. aren't actually his aunt and uncle. They're mm-hmm. just, 
two people that Obi-Wan Kenobi left him with. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, it's like, well, he can't be with Obi-Wan Kenobi because it's too dangerous for right. him to be with him. So I'll leave him with these people and they don't appreciate him, but it's like, at least he's safe. But that actually makes more sense what you're saying. If it's like, he's actually keeping them safe, whether right. or not they because know. Because I'm pretty sure, spoiler alert, like when he ends up like at the end in like the last movies, he ends up like moving out. They, when he's moving out, are moving out too. Yeah. They're like, we're not safe here anymore. Yeah. Gotcha. I th- I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. Here. Gotcha. So, yeah, they're, but they're, they are, they're downright abusive. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I liked that. I liked, um, I liked the scenes, um, with Sirius Black and with oh, yeah. Harry afterwards. Um, I felt like the ending was a little anticlimactic. I was actually expecting more story-wise to happen, yeah. but I also recognize this is like sort of like a bridging chapter. Right, we're kind of like, in the middle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to have a ton of resolution. And right. I also like this felt like the first one that wasn't a self-inclusive story. Like it's more like, all right, this is laying the groundwork. For right, the it's introducing story. this new character who yeah. like ends up being you know, he is more involved in the next films. Yeah. And I think it's meant to sort of be like, all right, here's some hope. Like, right. Right. Yeah. You now have a p- potential parental figure that you never felt like you had before. Right. Yeah. All this. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, I really hope, cause they've definitely like, they've, I feel like of the three main kids, I feel like Hermione's the one who's so far had the most character development. Oh yeah. She's great. Yeah. And Harry a little bit more, but I still don't have a great sense of who Harry is, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that gets developed you do, more. You do get more backstory. You get more backstory on his parents. You get more backstory on like uh, like there's just like outside stuff outside of Hogwarts. Right. And more like what Voldemort's all about. Yeah. Um. So that does develop his character a little bit more. I don't know that Ron ever really develops all that much. Yeah, I kind of figure. I mean, and it, he's sort of like. Because his family comes into play yeah, a lot. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, his family, that's another thing is like, so his family also feels sort of like Harry's family too. Right. A little bit. They, yeah. they try to sort of establish that. Yeah. But I also, I, I, I don't know, I feel like Ron is sort of the representative of the Weasley clan, but like like his brothers were actually far more helpful to Harry right. giving him the map than like Ron ever has been. And it was, right. I, I just and feel Ron like, continues to kind of, be that one who's sort of like, oh, okay. Like, you're not... I mean, he provides some comic relief, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But he... he, I think he's got kind of, like, classic middle child syndrome. And so, therefore, like, there are times in their friendship where he, like, lets them down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like... And Hermione never lets you down. Sure. Ever. She, like, these two boys would be dead by, like... I'm probably, like, what? uh, Chamber of Secrets? Without her help? Like, she's just... And she just continues to, like, just hold the group together, right. quite honestly. Like, yeah, she's amazing. She's, I love her. So I can't tell. Do you like the character of Hermione? Um, yes. Okay. I know. Sorry if that wasn't quite It clear. wasn't quite yeah. clear. No. It wasn't yeah. quite I clear. I do. I love her. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the next one. Oh, yeah. The, ne- the next one's good. The next one gets a little darker, too, yeah. which I think you'll like. Um, what did you think of Patronuses? What, how did you... Did you like that element of, like, this is how we fight off the Dementors? And 
Does it get does it get described in this film like, like it, sort of what what the a Patronus is and like why of, it looks the way it looks? Sort of. It was kind of like it was a little bit muddled. Um, I feel like it. I feel like I remember yeah. it being muddled in the movies, and it's very well explained yeah. in the books. I kind of and the Dementors. It was explained what they did, and it seemed like you know the professors at Hogwarts ha- like weren't super happy that they were there, like uh, they understood. Yeah. But I also that was the first thing they to me they seemed pretty derivative of the Ringwraiths from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah, definitely. Even in their appearance. Right. Um, they get a little creepier looking. Really? Because they're, they're in more movies. Okay. And they get, they, the effects make them a little, like, a little spookier looking. Gotcha. Um, and I didn't mind it, but it was the first time where I was like, oh, this kind of feels a little bit borrowed from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Which, and you know, all literature takes things here right. and there from other stuff that came before it, but... Um, and maybe it's because it's also in the fantasy realm, and so is Lord of the Rings, that it's right. just like, ah, oh, this seems a little bit familiar. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the Patronus stuff, watch that closely, because that comes back into play, too. Gotcha. Quite a bit. Gotcha. Um, is did it, it, did it get explained in the movie, like, like, the Peter, the, the friendship between Harry's dad, um... Peter and Sirius. Peter Black. and Sirius, and like how they're all. An- I think it's animagi and a man. Like how they all become, they all can turn into animals. Yeah, it that did gets explain explained. That. Yeah. yeah, so you understand why Harry's Patronus ends up being a stag. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't remember if the, I. I know the book. Yeah. Goes into great detail. And it's about funny because there's a lot, of, and we talked about the owls before, but there's a lot of animal symbolism in these yes. films, and it's funny because a lot of them are animals that I've painted a lot. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, I they love Harry Potter. I'm Harry like, Potter I've never seen it. I'm yeah. not making a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Um, if anything, because like uh, uh, Miyazaki's Princess Mononoke, right. the, the, there's a stag with like a human face that's like right. the spirit of the forest. Right. And I've done like my interpretation of that a couple, a couple times. And people are like, oh, that's a cool Harry Potter thing. And I'm like, like no, it's not It's Harry not Potter. what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even the even the Hogwarts houses have animals that represent them. There's right. a lot of yeah, yeah, animal representation. Is it Goblet of Fire the next one, or, yes, or Goblet and of then Fire Order of the Phoenix? And the then f- yes, and then it's Deathly Hallows. No, yeah, because because de- there's eight movies, seven books, right? So it's Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix. I have like. The Wrath of Khan. No, hang on. Is that not? Oh, Half Blood Prince Half and then Blood Death, Prince. Deathly Hallows. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say I have I have the books in a box set right up there, so I was gonna have to go look at them. But yes, half yeah. So the sixth one is the Half Blood Prince. Actually, so my in terms of books, my ranking, my favorite ranking um, is the the third book, and then I think the sixth one. The sixth one, they're like very much like teenagers experiencing teenager problems and there's mm-hmm. a lot of comedy in the sixth book Interesting. which i don't know how much of that makes Isn't it into the movie. the movie i can't really remember being like oh like this is like a really right. funny film but the book there's parts of it that i i found like hysterical nice um so yeah interesting yeah but definitely prisoner of azkaban was my favorite movie nice just yeah. because of all the those magical elements that get yeah. thrown in with yeah Oh, I'm sure that there's there's going to be a lot more magic. Oh yeah, there's a ton of magic. Do we see werewolves again in the in the series? 
Yes, they make references to them. I don't think they they play like a super strong role, mm-hmm. but like yes. I think it was I, the, I keep wanting to like tell you more, but I'm like, right, I don't right. want to spoil it for you. But yes, I know. Like in the first, I think it was the first film where Harry goes into the forest and meets some of the creatures that live there. Do we do we see any of those creatures again at some point? Like there was a centaur. Yes, centaurs uh, come back. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. It's I I have a hard time like because I have a memory of both the books and the movies mm-hmm. and I haven't seen the movies in a while but yeah. I know they come back in the books yeah. but I'm fairly certain they also come back in the movies also spiders play a role right yeah and the Ewoks help them defeat the Empire at the end right that makes sense right right <laughs> well cool yeah I'm uh, I'm looking forward to watching the next one this week and. Uh, chatting with you about yeah, it yeah, further. definitely definitely yeah. yeah now i'm excited to hear what you think sweet and we're back um <laughs> yeah we no that's true we didn't Did we talk not about ta- the spider because they were like the big spider aragog yeah i actually have a spider plant named aragog that makes sense yeah and i also talked about how that that was the first time um with the dementors where it felt derivative but the spider because there's actually the yes the, shelob ja, shelob and uh totally there's definitely parallels yeah yeah and there's definitely and there's even there's a spider in the hobbit as well right yeah, yeah. i don't remember if i don't think the, he put that in the movie that doesn't no which no. is weird because he put every other goddamn thing on the planet and he also like movies. made things up yeah yeah um yeah no i that part i that the part where they're being because they're in the car and they're being chased by the right. spiders yeah. and Ron hates spiders. I, right. Um, yeah, that part really freaked me out because I don't like spiders and I thought they did a good job with like the way they make the move. They but did think, do a good job with that. Yeah, yeah, but I think spiders come back in the later films. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Yeah, but I think they do. Hmm. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, thanks for chatting. Yeah. Again. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah.